All right, good morning. Welcome to all of you guys that are here at our main campus. Welcome to you guys that are joining us online. So if it's your first time here for a baby dedication, just let me give you a brief overview. So obviously, instead of doing uh, baptisms, we do dedication to follow along with what Scripture says. So Scripture tells us that children are a gift and that we as parents are supposed to look at them as a gift and we're supposed to steward their lives and give them every opportunity possible to know Jesus, but also understanding that we do it as an understanding as a gift to be able to give back uh, to God someday. And so in that, uh, as a church, we have a part in participating in that. And then also uh, for Bruce and Jessica as parents, and then obviously what uh, we have for Emmy. So Part of what, we're, what we want to remember as parents, Bruce and Jessica, this is what you guys know already, is, is that it's a difficult process in raising children, right? That just figuring out how to raise them and keep them safe and do all of the things that God instructs us to do of caring for them, but also understanding that uh, Emmy is a gift from God and that in that, the understanding is, is that you as parents are supposed to give her every opportunity possible through uh, your lives, the way that you live, through the conversations that you have, how you two love each other and how you show uh, love to one another and being able to show her what God's love uh, really looks like. And so as parents, we just ask you that uh, as part of a commitment in front of the church, you know, will you guys do everything possible to be able to raise Emmy in a Christian home, to be able to give her every opportunity to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and to be able to help her as she walks through this journey of understanding who Jesus is? If you do, just say, we will. Awesome. So as a church, the other thing that we understand is, is that it takes more than just parents, you know, to be able uh, to get it done. And that is not just from helping, you know, babysitting and, and coming alongside of them relationally, but it also means prayer because we know that, you know, Satan wants nothing more than to divide families, <laughs> to be able to divide families and to take away the family unit and the opportunity for Emmy to be able to know Jesus. So as a church, we would ask you the same thing. We participate in not only helping in uh, her development and knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, but also being able to pray for her that she will one day uh, understand Jesus Christ as a Lord and Savior. If you will answer, we will. Okay, so as a gift, one of the things that we have for you guys is a baton. So if you guys have never seen this before, so as a church, what we give um, when every baby is dedicated, uh, there was a baton, and on the baton it has their name and then the date that they were dedicated. And at the end of the baton is you just take the ends of it off, and what we ask you guys to do is to write a letter to Emmy of what you were thinking about this day and how you were praying that she'll one know, you know, what you were thinking on these days and praying that she will one day know Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And then the idea is, is when we have the opportunity to baptize her when she takes on her own faith, that day that she makes a decision for Jesus, she'll open this up, you'll pass the baton on to her, she'll open it up and read about what you guys were thinking, you know, on this day when uh, you dedicated her, and then now she's taking the baton of Jesus. So we'll give you that. Emmy, will you come to me? I'm not too scary, right? Okay, so let's pray over you guys. 
So Heavenly Father, we just pray for Bruce and Jessica, and we pray for Emmy, Lord. One, that you'll give Bruce and Jessica the strength that they need to be able to raise Emmy in a Christian home and be able to give her every opportunity to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray for this church that we will be able to know and understand our responsibility. And most of all, Lord, we pray for Emmy, Lord, that she will have every opportunity possible to know Jesus and that one day she will accept Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior, and we with the angels will celebrate. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right, so as they're making their way down, just a real quick announcement. So Rhett Walker is coming up this next weekend. So if you don't have your tickets, uh, you can get your tickets. We've tried to make it easier for you by being able to go out and buy them at the cafe. So Jennifer will be out there. You can purchase them at the cafe. Just a quick reminder, your receipt is your ticket to be able to get in. Right? And then also to go along with the vision of Life Church, uh, if you are here and you're saying, you know what, money's tight, which, you know, 550 gasoline does that to everybody, right? Money's tight and you still want to be able to come to the concert. We've bought a block of tickets uh, as a church to be able to give away. So if you want to be able to go and money's an issue, we want to be able to give you tickets. Also to go along with the vision, here's our hope that you're inviting people from the community, right, to be able to come, to be able to celebrate together. And so if for them, the, the holdup is we don't really have the money right now, we'd want to be able to give them the opportunity too for you to be able to give them tickets to be able to come to the Rhett Walker concert. So go to the cafe afterwards. If you don't have your tickets, buy them at the cafe. You keep your receipt. That you'll be a ticket to be able to come in and again celebrate again and have a great night out together. All right, so if you have your Bible, turn to Revelation 12. So uh, just to give you guys a, a short or quick update on where we are, or for you guys that are joining us online, uh, we're in this place in Revelations where we've been talking about the whole idea of spiritual warfare, right? And so in Revelation 12, this is what we've said from the beginning, when you look at imagery inside of Scripture, it's supposed to point us back to a reality, Right, so in Revelation 12, uh, we started to see that, you know, in, Re in Revelations 9 through 12, we see the opening of the abyss, and we see the demonic come out, spiritual warfare, and what goes on in spiritual warfare. So in that, we've been focusing a lot on this understanding of knowing your enemy, being able to fight against your enemy, but one of the things that I think we all have to go back to or take some time to think about is this, because there are a couple different responses to it. So one response that we've seen over the past few weeks via our social media, you know, we're talking, you know, we put these little clips out, Jenny puts these clips out. People look at spiritual warfare or they look at Satan, you know, as something that cannot be real and that anybody that talks about Satan being real is a fool. In fact, the, the short of it is if you, you know, if believing in Satan is like believing in Santa Claus, right? Like that's part of what's been out. You know, people have this struggle. If Is there really, you know, a spiritual realm? And if you guys are gonna believe it, people that talk about the spiritual realm are crazy, right? So that's something that's happened over the past couple of weeks as we talk about it. And or the other part is, is that when we talk about the spiritual realm, we talk about it a lot of times in a defeated manner, right? Like Satan 
you know, is attacking me and I'm feeling defeated and Satan is at a place where I'm always, you know, uh, you know, he's attacking my friends and it just feels like we can't get out of a hole and there's this constant oppression and we don't know what to do, right? So people look at the spiritual realm and they feel like they've been oppressed or they feel like they've been, you know, pushed down, you know, inside of that. So here's what I want us to see. So here's what we know, right? Or here's what I want us to identify. We do know based upon scripture that there is things inside of a spiritual realm, a war, right, a battle that's going on inside of the spiritual realm. And we know that it affects the physical realm, right? We know that if we believe in the Bible. We know that even though you haven't experienced it, you know it because Scripture says it happens. Things that happen in the spiritual realm can affect the physical realm. But here's what I want us to look at today, or here's what I want us to focus on. As Christian people, when we look at the spiritual realm, one of the things that we have to talk about, right, or one of the things that we need to express more of is victory instead of defeat, right? Because here's, I'm going to say this a hundred times throughout this message, so you might get tired of hearing it, but here's what you need to recognize, and here's what you're going to see. Throughout all of Scripture, it tells you this. More are those who are for you than those who are against you. Amen to anybody that's excited about that, right? Far greater are those who are on your side fighting for you and having victory through you than those who are trying to defeat you, right? And the, the thing that I wanna open your eyes up to today is this reality. Inside of the spiritual battle or inside of the spiritual realm, the thing that we have to recognize is that if we're in the battle on Christ's side, we can claim victory, right? And how we respond, this is an important thing. How you respond is gonna be your witness into the world. Because here's how Satan wants you to respond. And some of you might experience this. This is what Satan does. So when Satan attacks, the one thing that he wants you to do is to take away your voice and to isolate you, right? So he attacks, he accuses, he, he gets you to this place where you feel unworthy, and then all of a sudden you isolate. And the only voice that you ever hear is, guess what? Satan, right? And inside of that, if you've ever lived in this world before, like if you ever got to that place where, you know, that, that happens and Satan tries to isolate you and, and alone in that and you hear those voices, the only thing that you feel is defeated. Anybody? Right? When you've been in those places, you feel defeated, and it's hard to see victory, right? And it's hard to hear and understand the victory that comes through Jesus. And so what I want us to be able to do is we're going to actually look at angels today, right? Something that we don't talk about a lot is we're actually going to look at the angelic and not just the demonic. Because what I want you to walk out of here understanding today is, is that if you understand truly the spiritual realm and how the angelic fit inside of it, and if you understand how angels are working in your life today, because I think you're gonna be surprised how angels are working in your life today, here's one of the things that I know that you'll walk out with if you believe this message today. Whom shall you fear? When you understand the angelic, and when you understand the spiritual war that's going on, but the angels that are on your side, you should be able to walk out of here saying, what would I ever fear? Like if this is really true, like when we talk about the demonic, it's a little scary. Anybody? 
right? When you talk about demonic, it's a little bit scary. But when you talk about the angelic and you talk about the angels that are on your side and how angels fit into this story, one of the things you're going to understand is you're not going to have to fear. And here's my hope, right? And it's not my hope just for you. It's my hope that our voices into the world today will show that we as Christian peoples are victorious, that we as Christian people, although the world's falling apart around us, right? Anybody that's looked around? I mean, I keep hearing people say this. What a good time for revelation. Anybody else feel that way? Like you kind of look around and you look at the things that are going on and you're reading about food shortages and gas prices and all the economy and the things are going to spiral out of control. And people are like, good time to preach on revelations, huh? Right? So all of this stuff that's coming up, like we look at all these things that are following around us and we look at all of the chaos that's in the world, but the message of every Christian person in this room should be victory. Right? Like every person in this room should be victory regardless of what happens on this earth. Right? Because we as Christian people have to understand regardless of what happens on this earth. Because remember, the thing that we need to to ask ourselves all the time is, is that what is this little blip of time that I'm on this earth for? Right? And this little blip on this earth is to prepare you for forever right, for eternity. And so people ask the question all the time, like, why do all these tragedies happen in the world? And why is the world falling apart? And why are all these things for one reason and one reason only? Well, actually two reasons. Here's the first one. And you're going to see this. The reason that God allows things to happen in the world is because he is a graceful, merciful God that wants all people to come to know him. But you know what he knows about people? Sometimes people will never look up until they're flat on their face. Anybody? I mean, it's kind of unfortunate about culture, but a lot of us won't look up until you're all the way down, right? And so here's what he knows. If the only thing that matters in the end is eternity, do you think he cares whether you're flat on your face? That answer would be no. He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care if it takes knocking your knees out and and getting you to the ground, if it means that you will for once look up and see eternity. For once, you will make a difference of eternity. So don't be surprised if things happen in your life to wake you up because that's part of what happens. You know the other part of it is? As believers who live in a world who understand the victory of Jesus Christ, but we see the tragedies of the world, you know what it's supposed to do for each one of you? Build your faith. It's supposed to build your faith. For each one of us that look around in this world, here's what we can understand is that the worst thing, this is what I think all people fear, There's a lot of tragedies in the world, but you fear losing the people that you love. Anybody? You fear losing the people that you love, right? Because that's a real deal. That's a real tragedy, right? You lose the people that you love. And again, what Satan wants to do is to isolate us and to keep us away and to be able to be like, you know, keep us in this circle. But what Jesus wants us to see is is that this is the picture that he wants you to see. For those people who are Christians, they are being ushered into eternity. These are the responses. And the heavens are rejoicing and the earth is mourning, right? But what he wants you to see is we can mourn, but we mourn differently. Why? Because we mourn with victory. Right? Like, how do we make it through a world of tragedy? We mourn. It doesn't mean that you don't hurt. It doesn't mean you don't cry. It doesn't mean that you don't have pain. But at the end of the day, we mourn with victory because in Jesus... 
Satan, when sin entered the world, we have a body that's corrupting and a body that's dying, but at the end of the day, there's victory in Jesus Christ. As Christian people, we can claim victory. And then when we know all of those things, whom shall we fear? Right? And I'm praying that we walk out of here today that you will see things, one, that you've never seen before. I'm praying today that your eyes will be opened into the angelic realm, into the realm of the angels that are here with you today, watching over you today, as a part of your journey on this earth, the ones that are, that are gonna help you move forward inside of your life, that your eyes will be opened in that and that you'll live in victory. So Revelation 12, so let's go read all the way through it. Then what we're gonna do is break down angels, understanding them, who they are, where that victory comes from. And then we're gonna look at a little bit of the traits of Satan and then how you can fight against them. So Revelation 12, starting in verse one, we're gonna read all the way through it. A great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with sun, with the moon under her feet and a crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven, an enormous red dragon with seven heads and 10 horns and seven crowns on its head. Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule over the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. This was last week. Here's a reality. There is a real Satan that's trying to kill God's people. He tried to eliminate Jesus, that was last week, but he couldn't eliminate Jesus. You know what the, best ne- the next best thing is? You. You're the next best thing, right? So his wrath and his fury, because he knew he couldn't get Jesus and that Jesus won, you know, and Jesus was victorious and Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, the next best thing is destroy you, destroy your family, destroy your kids, destroy everybody around you, isolate you, make you live a defeated life. Whatever those things are, that's where he's coming. So we were like, you know, you should be prepared. And I think for a lot of us, we're like, wow, we got to get ready. We got to be prepared. And we're out there and we got to, you know, we got to arm ourselves with, you know, the Bible and know what the word of God says. But here's what I want you to see. And this is what we should celebrate. And this is what we're going to talk about today. Verse seven, then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought back. This is the war that we were talking about, but don't miss this. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. I mean, you could just end it right there. Like, right there is an emphasis that for every single person in this room, there is a war going on, but Satan lost and is losing, and you are living in victory. Like, this has already been decided. Michael and his angels fighting against Satan and his angels, and Satan was not powerful enough. Those who are for you are far greater than those who are against you, far more powerful than those that are against you, right? It's already been proven. We see it inside of Scripture. We should celebrate those things. Verse 9 goes on and says, And then the great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray, He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah. 
for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accused them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the testimony and by their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you dwell in them. But woe to the earth and to the sea because the devil has, come, uh, has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. When the dragon saw that he had been hurled to the earth, he, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. The woman was given two wings of, great, uh, of a great eagle so that she might fly to a place prepared for her in the wilderness where, the, where she would be taken care of for a time, times and half a time out of the serpent's reach. Then from uh, his mouth, the serpent spewed water like a river to overtake the woman and sweep her away with the torrent. But the earth helped the woman by opening its mouth and swallowing the river that the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast to their testimony about Jesus. So setting this up, the thing that it says right from the beginning in verse 7, right? There is a war, and a war has broke out, right? And Satan's angels are against or Michael and his angels, right? So the thing that we need to first rest in is, is that that victory has already been determined. We already know that, that Scripture makes it clear that God's angels are more powerful than Satan's, and when there is a battle, who wins? Right. right. And we need to understand that he does win, and for each one of us, we have to be able to sit in that. Right. We have to be able to sit in. If, again, God is on our side, the victory is with us, and we shouldn't fear if we see that. So be reminded that as we go through this. Now, we're going to look at types of angels, right? But before we get there, how did angels ever get created? You ever think about that? Like, where did angels come from? Why were they here to begin with? Well, here's what we need to understand is God doesn't do anything or create anything without a purpose, Right? So his creation was for a purpose. So he created us for a purpose, right? Twofold. Our purpose is twofold. Worship him and be in relationship with him. So every single person on this earth today was created, whether they're in it or doing it right or not, created to worship God and be in relationship with God. So you know where sin happens? When people have wrong worship. Anybody? When we worship the wrong things. And when we're in bad relationships, anybody ever been in those? This is where sin happens, right? Wrong worship, wrong relationship. Why? Because you were created to be in right worship and right relationship. God created you for a purpose. So when you're not fulfilling that purpose, everything outside of that is sin, right? Because that's the way he created us to be. And something is missing, right? We, we know that because we as created beings, if, we're caught, if we worship anything else, like this is how people are. If you ever worship anything else or chase anything else, you realize when you get to the end of it, it didn't satisfy you. Anybody? You know, I always say this to, to married couples, like, Here's the one thing you need to understand about your husband or your wife. Your husband, right, can never be everything that you need, right? And guys know this because wives have told them, right? <laughs> I mean, guys would never say that to their wives, but men have heard this before, right? Like, I'm not enough. And, and you know what I want to say to them? I know, <laughs> I know, I know. 
Let's just speak reality. I will never be everything that you need. You know what you need more than me? Jesus. That's what you need more than me. You know why? Because you'll never be able to love your husband the way he deserves to be loved unless you first love Jesus. You just can't. You can't. Because I'm just telling you ahead of time, your husband will let you down if you didn't know that by now. And there will be times where you need that something that he can't give you, right? And you need Jesus inside of it. And the same with wives, right? Same thing, husbands, we can't expect that of our wives. We have to first love Jesus. If you want to love your wife well and you don't have a deep loving relationship with Jesus, how do you love her right? You don't have it. There's no way to give it unless you have first been filled up by Jesus, right? And that's this, this whole idea of that when he's talking about we're created for a purpose, you know, we're created for a reason and we need to fulfill that created purpose. That's what he's talking about inside of that. Now, why did he create angels, right? What was the purpose of creating angels? Well, one, understand this, they were created at one time and no more are created. So if you've said this at a funeral or you put it on your Facebook or you've heard this before, nobody that dies becomes an angel, they don't get wings. They don't fly around. They're not a part of the angelic. That doesn't happen, right? So it might sound good, right, that somebody died, now they became an angel in heaven, but it's really not true, right? Angels were created, and those angels were created all at one time, and they were created for what we're going to see here in a little bit, for a purpose by God, right? And they're very powerful beings, Right? So I think sometimes when we think about angels, you see the, you know, the little fat guy on the cloud with a harp floating around doing nothing, right? Like they're just floating around and all they're doing is just sitting up there playing their harp. No, they were created for a purpose and it's way bigger than the fat guy floating around on his cloud, right? And we, when you realize this, this is what's really important about this. When you realize this, when you get a picture of what the angelic is really like, then you are going to be able to live completely differently because you get who's on your side, right? If you had the fat little guy on the cloud on your side, and then you're looking at the demon that's got horns and angels and looks like a dragon, you're going to be like, I'm going to lose, <laughs> right? Yes, you need to get the picture of what the angelic is really like, right? So let's talk about types of angels. So we have the seraphim, right? So one of the things you have is the seraphim, which is talked about inside of scripture as the fiery angels that are in heaven created to do one thing, right? They were created to be able to stand in front of God or to be able to be in the presence of God and worship him. That's all of the seraphim do. The fiery angels that stay in heaven and in heaven, they do nothing but worship God you know, in, in his presence. We also have the cherubim, right? So if you think about the cherubim, the first time that it's talked about is, remember in the Garden of Eden? So when Adam and Eve are kicked out of the Garden of Eden, what does he plan at the entrance of the Garden of Eden? Cherubim. Do they look like the fat guy? Anybody read this story? You need to read the story. They're not the guy on the cloud. They're at the, they're at the entrance of the Garden of Eden with swords, Right? guarding the gate so that they could never come back in again. The cherubim are also to guard the Ark of the Covenant, right? So the Ark of the Covenant, if you've ever seen part, pictures of the Ark of the Covenant, you see the wings, the, cherub, uh, the cherubim are each in, and their wings go out and they touch one another to surround the Ark of the Covenant. And the idea is they're the protector 
of God in that place or in the Ark of the Covenant. So again, they're used to be able to protect the things of God or the put in place to protect those things. The other is archangels, maybe the one of the most popular. Everybody heard of the archangels, right? Like everybody hears of the archangels. And again, maybe the most popular we'll talk about here in a little bit is Michael, right? But the archangels are the protector. Like this is what you need to see. They're the protector of God's people. Now listen to me. I don't want you to miss this, right? There were angels created to protect God's people. That was why they were created. And so when we look at like, oh, the demonic, and they're trying to attack us, and they're trying to go against us, you know what? But you have created angels here to guard you and protect you, right? And I think the thing that you're going to recognize over time is that you don't know how many times. Like you always point out the times that Satan got to you, but you know how many times the angels protected you? Anybody? The unseen things that have happened that angels were watching over you, right? Or any parents that watch kids, that raise kids, how many times did those angels keep your kids from ending up in places where they could have killed themselves? Anybody raise those kind of kids? (laughs) Right, where you're just like, there had to, or maybe you were one of those kids, Right, like you, there had to be a guardian angel. If you know the story, if you know what happens, you gotta know that it wasn't their time and because it wasn't their time, the protector, angelic, had wings, hands, things that protected your children, your wife, your people, right? Like that's the way it had to work. If it wasn't their time, right? That's how the protector works, and that's what they were assigned to do, right? Like, God created these beings to protect you, right? And he wants you to understand that those are those types of angels and the things that they do. Now, the other thing is, you ever think about how many are there? Anybody? Like, how many angels are there, you know, from a created standpoint? How many did it create? Well, the only time that it talks about it inside of Scripture is is that it gives a number that's somewhere upwards of 100 million, Right Now, again, I'm assuming there's way more than that, but the only time that you can actually go into Scripture and do the math, you know, that it has in there where they're named how many, it's over 100 million of them. But you know what's funny? is only three of them are named. You know, there's 100 million angels, right, but only three of them are ever named. One of the most popular, Michael, right? Michael, the archangel, right? The one that's the protector, the one that's the guard, the one that we see a fight broke out and Michael, the leader of the archangels, right? The leader of the warriors is the one who led the attack against Satan's angels, right? So he's talked about as the guard and the protector and the one who leads, the one who has directly fought with Satan over the body of Moses, right? Like these things talked about where Michael, if we can get this picture of, you know, again, of he's the guard, he's the protector, he's the one who's out there fighting on your behalf. You know, the other one is is Gabriel, right? So what's Gabriel's role? The messenger, right? He's the one that at times has stood in front of God, right? And when he hears from God, he goes down and he tells God's people, like, this is what I want you to hear. Right? Specifically, God speaks to Gabriel. Gabriel has specifically come down to the earth and said, this is what I want you to hear. Right? So we know that, that Gabriel, in his role as an angel named inside of that 100 million, is specifically a messenger. You know the only other uh, angel that's ever mentioned in Scripture? 
Lucifer. Isn't that crazy? Michael, Gabriel, and the other one named Lucifer. Now, what's funny about it is, you know, Gabriel, Gabriel the, the warrior, you know, or Gabriel the messenger, Michael the warrior, Lucifer was known as the most beautiful angel in all of Scripture, right? He was called the morning star, right? And here's the funny thing about it. Don't miss this. When Satan fell from heaven, he didn't become ugly, right? You know how you see depictions of Satan and it looks like this scaly, weird-looking guy and, you know, foaming out of his mouth and, you know, crazy wings and, like, you're scared to death of him? If you saw Satan today, you would say he's beautiful. You know why it's so easy to be lured into sin? Anybody? Because if you saw Satan, you're running the other way. You know, if you would have your depiction, your depiction of this great big horn guy that's like 20 feet tall, you know, and looks like a dragon, you know, if he comes out there and you see that, you're like, I'm out. But sin doesn't look like that. Satan doesn't look like that. Lucifer, the morning star, the most beautiful angel ever created, right, didn't change when he fell from heaven, right? And he's the other one that's named inside of that. So again, several number. The other thing we need to know is they're rarely ever seen. Okay, so they're rarely ever seen, but they're seen in two uh, opportunities. One is where what I've been praying for you today before this message, in the spiritual realm where God says, I'm gonna give you a moment to see what's happening in the spiritual realm while you're going through it. So I want you to see this because only then could you understand what's happening on your behalf. Anybody? Right? So you're gonna see into the spiritual realm and you're gonna see the battle that's going on inside of that. So do you remember the story of Balaam? So Balaam was on a journey, and he was going down this road, and he had a stupid donkey, right? And as he goes through this donkey, this donkey won't go down the road, right? And he keeps looking at his donkey like all of us would look at our donkey that have ever raised him before, and like the stupid, stubborn, right? Like the thing isn't ever going to go, and you're going to keep wondering, why isn't the donkey going to go? I want to go down this path, but the stupid donkey won't go, and he's yanking, and all of a sudden, God opens his eyes, and you know what he sees at the end of the path? an angel with a sword. And here's what he wanted Balaam to recognize. I tried to give you the donkey to get you on a different path, but you wouldn't listen, right? Do you see what I'm going with this? Right, like, you know how God puts certain people in your life, says don't go down that path, pulls, don't go down that path, don't go down that path, and you keep yanking and you're wondering, like, just go down the path, I wanna go down the path, right? And have you ever been going down that path where you just broke open a door you should have never opened, you know it was on the other side? Anybody? You know, God had the angel that was trying to keep you from going down here, right? This is what he's trying to see in the spiritual realm. I'm the guard. Don't go down this road. This is destruction. Don't go there. But you know how many times we don't listen? Anybody that's a sinner? Right? Like, you just don't listen. Like, you don't. You know, you're like somebody's telling you, don't go down that road. Don't go down that road. Don't, don't enter into those things. Don't try those things. Don't watch those things. Don't get into that relationship, whatever those things are. And you know what that is? There's an angel using that person who says, that road's blocked. Don't go there. But we just keep fighting. We keep fighting. So he gave him a picture into the spiritual realm. Like, you should see a picture into the spiritual realm. God is trying to protect you. Listen to me. Listen. When you face resistance sometimes of going down a path, just so you know, it's not always Satan. Anybody? Like we always say, well, Satan doesn't want me to go down. No, no, sometimes God doesn't want you down that road either. 
You need to identify which one's which because sometimes there is an angel at the edge of the path that's keeping you from going there because on the other side of this is destruction and pain that he doesn't want you to experience. So sometimes you need to understand that there is an angel. See into the spiritual realm. Or do you know the other story? You remember when Elijah was at Dotham with his, uh, with his servant and they were surrounded by the enemy and essentially his servant looks at Elijah and says, what are we gonna do? Right? Like, what are we going to do? Like, we're, we're stuck inside of this, and we're, we're going to be defeated, right? This is the whole thing, you know, how we talked about in the beginning, where you feel defeated. Like, you look around at the circumstances of your life, and you're like, I'm defeated. There's nothing, that, nothing can get me out of this. Anybody? I, I see all the circumstances of life. I understand what's going on. I feel completely defeated. And there are times, and this is what I'm praying for you. So if you feel defeated today, here's what I'm praying for you today. Just like Elijah prayed for his servant in Doth, and I'm praying this for you, that your eyes will be open. Because you know what happened when the eyes of the servant was open? You know what he saw? Surrounding the hills were chariots of angels, protector angels. And what he saw was, what I said in the beginning, far more are those who are for you than those who are against you. Right? That's what he wanted you to see, and that's what I'm praying. I'm praying for anybody that's in this room today that struggles with anxiety and fear. You know, because you know where anxiety and fear comes from? This is like, there's this overwhelming presence that there is more against me than there is for me. Anybody that experienced this in their life? Right, like when you get to those places where we start to worry, and we start to get anxious. You know why you start to worry and get anxious? Because you look around in the physical realm, and honestly, if you looked at what's in your physical realm today, you should be worried. Anybody? Like, if you look at what's going around you inside of the world, you should be worried. But God says, and this is what I'm praying for you today, if you're worried or you're anxious or you're seeing what's going on in the world and you're looking around, what I want you to see is what you haven't seen yet. Because if he opens your eyes to those who are surrounding you, far more are those who are for you than are against you. Why are you worrying and why are you anxious? You know, that's what I want us to see. And I want us to understand this. Like, sometimes we give advice that, you know, if you've ever given this advice or got this advice, sometimes it sounds like stupid advice. Anybody ever get stupid advice? When, when you're trying to explain somebody your situation, so you're explaining your situation to them and you know what their response is, just don't worry, it'll all work out. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No. What do you mean don't worry? Have you seen what's going on? No, how about this advice? Open your eyes. Those who are for you are more than those who are against you. I can't fix the situation that you're in. But I can point you to the one who can. How about that, right? Like, how about that for advice? You know, how about instead of always telling people, like, you shouldn't worry about this. That doesn't work. For anybody that, that's ever had that advice and they've looked at their situation, that doesn't work. What works is to point to the thing, and that's what he's trying to see. When you can look into the spiritual realm, rarely seen, but he gives us a view. The other part of it is, is once in a while, angels take on the body of a man, right? So you remember Abraham entertained angels at a table. Remember the two angels that came and sat with Abraham at the table? So they looked like, they looked like human beings, right? These were people who took on bodily form, who sat with Abraham at the time. So they, at times, they take on human flesh, right? And there's a time when 
the angel rolled the stone away. Do you remember the story of Jesus? He rolled the stone away, and then he sat at the top of the stone, which is kind of funny, right? So the angel rolls it away, and then they see him at, in a physical body sitting at the top of the stone like, <laughs> look what I did, right? <laughs> like, understand me and the power that's there, you know? And then the other thing that it says, this is interesting. Hebrews 13 tells you this. There are times that if you entertain strangers that you could have entertained an angel, isn't that cool? I mean, maybe, right? Like there are times that in entertaining a stranger, it says that you could have entertained an angel, right? It says to us, and this is the thing that I think we need to realize, there are times we see from the, you know, the, the spiritual realm where we're looking at these beings and we're seeing these things happen, but there are times that they take on physical bodies, right? And that we can see them in the flesh. And there are times that you might have entertained an angel in the midst of this earth. So rarely seen, but he does give us that view. Again, what are they for or how do they work? So they serve God's people. Okay. So I want you to hear this and I want you to like, if you were bored, listen to this part at least. These people, angels were created to serve God's people. And I want you to understand the power of angels. Hezekiah, surrounded by the Assyrian army, the greatest army ever created. 200,000 Assyrians surrounding the nation of Israel. No way to be ever for these to be defeated, right? So he has a choice. Give in or pray for God to do something, okay? Hezekiah made a decision not to give in and to see the glory of God work. So he prayed that God would do something. One angel in one night, killed 185,000 Assyrian people. And what are you worried about? Think about this. One, the power of one angel killed 185,000 people in one night. And there's a hundred million of those angels created to protect and look out for God's people. Whom shall you fear, right? Like, think about that. Like, that is amazing that those things happened, killed those people and or, do you remember the story, maybe more believable to you? Do you remember the story when Peter was in jail? And when Peter was in jail, you know, The people prayed that Peter would be released from jail. You know what God did? He sent an angel that unlocked the door and let him out. You see, listen to me. Some of you today have been locked in a prison and you've been trying to get out. And you don't know how to get out and you keep thinking there's no way out. And you know what God told you to do? You know what God says to pray about? Pray that God sends an angel to unlock the captivity that you've been in because that's what he'll do. That's what he says right? Angels working on behalf of God's people to unlock the captivity that Satan's kept you in, right? Those are the things that he wants to be able to do for you. That's how he works on our behalf. Now, how, like specifically, how do we see them work? One of the things we see inside of scripture is this, that they watch and study people. So here's one of the things that God's angels do is they watch you and they study you. So thinking that you do anything outside of the realm of the angelic is not true. Everything that you're doing is being watched and studied. You know how we talked about Satan studies you, right, and tries to understand you to get you to sin? At the same time, you have 
angels watching you and studying you and watching over you, right? So all of the time we have the angelic that is watching and studying. The other thing that we know is, is that they specifically intervene at times where they protect you from things of this world, right? Daniel in the lion's den. What happened in Daniel's in the lion's den? Everybody knows this story, right? Who shut up the mouth of the lion? The angels, right? Remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Anybody? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego inside of a fiery furnace. Who kept them from burning up? The angels, right? God's protecting angels kept them from burning up. Such a great witness into that time. King Nebuchadnezzar's like, I gotta believe in the God that sends a warrior angel to protect his people in a fiery furnace that should have burned them up in ashes, right? Like, you remember how I was talking about we need to talk about the victory in Jesus because the victory in Jesus brings people to know him as Lord and Savior? You should be talking about the victory. God came, God did, this is his angels, these are the things that he was a part of, and the world's gonna look in and be like, wow, the power of your testimony, the things that he's doing, right? So he says that he is, or they do, try to protect us. And you know one of the other things that to me is the most beautiful, but it's hard for us to understand. The other thing that angels do is they usher us into eternity the day that we die. So if anybody's been with anybody that's died before, you know, that's like a, this difficult time, but you know what makes it beautiful? To know that the, when that person takes their last breath, angels escort them to heaven. They're not alone. And, and those angels are celebrating, and you know what they're saying? You did it. You did it. You won. You ran your race. You finished well. Great job. I'm now going to usher you into the presence of your Savior. Beautiful, right? Like we as Christian people, beautiful when we think of, again, the idea of how the angels work in our lives. Now, Satan's traits. So we know this. So here's what you should be able to do. Like knowing all of that about angels, now can we agree that we as Christian people should be able to look at each other and say, if he is for us, who could be against us? Like if you understand the angelic realm and you understand how God is working on your behalf, whom shall you fear? Do you see how those verses now should make sense to you? Hopefully, the whole first part of the message wasn't a waste, right? <laughs> like I hope you get it. Like you're walking away like now I know why it says those things, don't fear. Now I know why it says more of those who are for us than those that are against us. Now I know that I can operate inside of victory. You know, but let's end with this or go through this. What are Satan's traits, right? What do we still need to understand? One is his identity. So verse nine talks about his identity. It says, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. So it gives you some pictures. Dragon, not because of the looks, but because of what he does. He acts like a fiery dragon. He's destroying things. So we see that he's identified as a dragon. He's identified as the serpent of old. Why the serpent of old? Because he goes clear back to Adam and Eve. And then when he was a serpent of old, he was crafty in the way that he deceived people. So again, it's identity in the way that he is. The other one is he's called the devil. Why is he called the devil? Because devil means slanderer. 
right? So he's one that slanders God's people. The other one is, is that he's called Satan, which is the enemy. And the last one is, is he's called the accuser. Now, the accuser is the one that I want us to really focus on for just a second. Because before this war happened, you know what the accuser does? He goes in front of Satan and he says, let me tell you about Todd Little. You know what he did? Do you know how his week was? Do you know what he said? Do you know what he watched? Do you know how he acted? Do you know what was really in his heart? Do you know what he went through his mind? Accuses, right, in front of God. But you know what the problem is when those accusations spill back over into us? Anybody been there? Anybody feel accused sometimes? A couple of us, right? Like, you ever have that voice inside of your head? Anybody ever deal with that voice inside of your head? I'm so, I know I did, I'm terrible, I, I'll never be, I'll never be good enough, I never will, I'll never have, right? This is the voice that goes on inside of your head. This is what Satan does. He accuses you in front of God and those accusations spill over back into you saying, yeah, you know what? You're not good enough and you'll never be good enough. You'll never be smart enough. You'll never be pretty enough. You'll never have any of what it takes. So you'll never be able to be used by God, loser. You know what's crazy is? People believe it. But there are people that believe the accusations. You know what's funny about it? Because this is how he works. Satan tempts you to be God and sin and then accuses you for your sin. Anybody? Tempts you to do it, and then after you do it, then he's like, you loser, you really gave into it, you really did it. What kind of a person really does those types of things? You jerk, you know, you're, you're terrible, and you'll never be used, and you said you were a follower of God, but you're not a follower of God. Look at the actions of your life. Because here's what he knows. He knows when he accuses you and makes you feel guilty, you will feel also unable to be used by God. Right, so understanding that he is the accuser is really important when we understand this next part about how do we fight against it then? So how do you fight against this idea? Knowing that there's the angelic, knowing that we can call upon God's angels to protect us, how do we fight then against the devil? Well, this is what he says in verse 11. Verse 11, he says this, that they triumphed over him by what? The blood of the lamb, the testimony, the word of their testimony, and because they didn't love their life so much. That's what he says, right? He first started with this. You know what you're gonna have to get right? If you wanna be able to fight against Satan and feel victory and not defeat, you need to understand your identity. Anybody in here? You need to understand your identity. I don't care what other people say or even sometimes the actions of your life. Your identity is this. You are a child of God, not based upon the actions of your life, but based upon the blood of Jesus Christ, right? And too many times inside of our lives, we make mistakes, right? And when we make mistakes, we tend to forget about our identity. Like yesterday, I opened up the hood of a truck and there's groundhogs sitting there. And when I said a few words that weren't happy and didn't really line up for Christian people, and I'm preaching to you today, because I don't know how many cuss words came out of my mouth, but there was a bunch. <laughs> and the reason I'm telling you this is because here's what I want you to understand. You know what the devil wants to say then? What kind of preacher swears? This one every once in a while. And I'm not I don't, again, let me make sure I say this right. I'm not saying that to celebrate it. I'm just telling you that I make mistakes. Anybody else? We make mistakes. And I have to go back to this, like... Okay, that was terrible. <laughs> but my identity is found in Jesus. I'm not going to be accused. Accuse me all you want, but at the end of the day, I still know that I'm a, I, I am a, 
I'm identified by Jesus Christ. You gotta get that right. Because if you don't, you know what's gonna happen. You know those voices, because it's not just Satan that does it. You know how other people do it? You're not good enough, and you did. And, well, I watched the way you act, and I know what you did. And they wanna take away your identity too. And you can say, when they're saying that, when they're pointing their fingers at you, calling you a sinner, you can just look at them and say, I know, join the club. <laughs> Can't we? Right? Aren't those the things that we should be able to say? It's like, just join the club. We're all on this road. But at the end of the day, here's what I want you to know. Yes, I am a sinner, fallen short of the glory of God, but I'm still a child of God. Amen. Right? Like, that's what each one of us need to know. And that's what he says. If you want to fight against, if you want to have victory, it starts with identity. Right? You got to have identity. You know what else you got to have? It's the testimony. It's by the testimony of your life. You know why you got to share about the victory? You know why we got to stop putting on social media that's all about the defeat? You know what you need to share? is the victory. You need to say, I was in the war and Satan tried to win, but victorious am I because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Victorious am I because of the angelic angels that are protecting me. Great, you know, is he who is in us than he who is trying to destroy us. Those are the things that the people need to hear, the testimony of our lives, right? We need to be able to share testimonies of victory and not always defeat, right? And it's because of the testimonies of our life that we'll be able to see, you know, things. And you know what the other thing that they could do? to be able to make it is that they didn't love their life so much that they shrank from death. Now, here's what I want you to get. How is it that you can love your, so much, your life so much that you, would, that you would shrink away from death? You know when Jesus says, to be a follower of mine, you need to hate your father and your mother? Anybody remember that? And you need to leave and you follow me. You know why he says those things to you? Because here's what he knows. If relationships get out of kilter in your lives, if, if relationships aren't put in proper perspective, you will struggle to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Because here's what he's saying. Is it wrong to love your father and mother? Is it wrong to love your husband and wife? Is it long, wrong to love your children? Only if you love them more than you love Jesus. That's what you have to understand. It's only wrong, and you know why it's wrong? Because someday Satan will use that. Whatever you love more than Jesus Anybody? Whatever you love more than Jesus, he will try to use that to drag you away. So what you're gonna do is you've got to put it in proper perspective. The reason that they can, they can be in victory is because, listen, at the end of the day, you can take all of these things, but you're never gonna take the thing that I love the most. You can take my family, you can take my kids, you can take my wife, you can take the things of this world, you can take my money, you can take, you can take all these things. But you know what you can't ever take from me, Satan? My faith in Jesus and my eternity and where I'm gonna spend eternity. You know why you can live without fear? What can he take? What can he take? At the end of the day, he can't take the only thing that matters in the end, right? So now the worship team's gonna come back up. I wanna give you the last thing, right? Because here's what we should have a picture of today. So here's the picture today. We understand that there is a war, but inside of this war, we already understand where the victory comes from, right? We already understand that there's victory, that the angelic are more powerful than the demonic. And we know that, that they are there to watch over us, that the angelic are there to take care of us. They're there to protect us. We know that, you know, all of those things in the spiritual realm are happening. We know that there are times that they come into the physical realm to do things for us, to be able to, to, to keep us on the right track, whether it's to block paths or to protect us from harm. We know that the angelic is working on your behalf, right? And we know that there is also... A demonic, and we also know that there are Satan's angelic angels working against us. And in this, here's what I want you to see He's relentless, 
So you know this whole conversation we're having about victory? You need to have this conversation every day because Satan is relentless in trying to steal away your victory and to steal away your joy and to steal away what you just learned today. Like all of the celebration we have about victory, he wants to be able to take it away because here's what he ends it with. This is the last verse, right? Here's what he says. Then the dragon who was enraged at the woman went off to wage war for the rest of her offspring. He was enraged. Why? Because he has no longer to be in heaven. He could no longer accuse. He could no longer do. So you know what he decided to do? Come and wage war. You know who he's going to wage war against? You. You know who he's trying to destroy? You. You know who he's trying to take? You. You know who he's trying to get you off the path? You. And he is going after you. Listen to what he says. For those who keep God's commands and hold fast the testimony of Jesus. If you're in the game today and you're holding fast to God's word and his commands and you're going after the testimony of Jesus, expect, expect an enemy. Expect for him to be relentless to try to destroy your family, relentless to try to destroy your relationships, relentless to make you feel guilty, relentless to make you feel worthless, relentless to try to bottle you up in isolation, relentless to make you worry, relentless for you to have anxiety that's crippling, relentless for all of those things. But at the same time, at the same time, you have a God who says, greater is he who is in you then he is trying to attack you. Greater is the, the angelic watching over you than the demons that are trying to attack you. Celebrate the victory that's already been established and that victory is in our Lord. And when we understand those things, we won't fear and we won't be anxious. We stand so I can pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray today for those in this room that I just feel like are in captivity, that Satan has kept them captive with their thoughts, their minds, the actions of their life. They don't see a way out. Lord, I pray today that you open their eyes to the angel that's come to open up their captivity, to open up that jail cell. Lord, I pray for those who are stuck in worry and anxiety and those who are crippled by fear inside of this world. Lord, I pray that you will give them a picture into the spiritual realm today. While we're singing these songs, Lord, let them see the angels that are here today. Let them see the angels that are surrounding them. Let them see the angelic hosts. Far more are those that we can see that are for us than are against us. Let the worry, anxiety, and fear go away today. Lord, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let the rain.
one more time all the things that we're experiencing the anxieties the fears the chains that are holding us there's a legion of angels who are fighting for us today every moment fighting for us Jesus is the keeper of our peace so let's sing this out Let's sing this proud, because he is the one.
understanding let it flow when my mind's under siege all anxiety bows in the presence of jesus the keeper of peace and peace is a promise you keep it's a promise to every one of us peace is in jesus and no matter what we're going through, we can celebrate. And this morning, we know that God is with us in this house. So we are going to go out praising his name in the house of the Lord. Let's sing this out this morning. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore shall be. He opened the prison doors. He grabbed the raging sea. My God, he holds the victory.
I feel like, like for each one of us, when we understand what we just heard and what we just saw inside of Scripture, we should be heard. Like we, as the people of God, should shout from the top of our lungs that when God is in the house, there's victory, right? And that when he is on our side, doesn't matter who's against us, is that he will overcome. And may we be a people of victory. So thanks for being here with us this week. Thanks for joining us online, and we'll see you guys next week.